1: What's up, everybody?
0: Welcome into the latest Windy City Great Iron Radio with you, as always, Managing Editor Robert Zaglinski, And today we're going to talk the 2018 49ers, one of the final pieces of our Bears opponents preview for this regular season. Um, I know we're winding down towards roster cuts and all of that other fun stuff, but we still have um, we still have some of these guys to get through Luckily, we have um, one of SB Nation NFL's editors and producers, and he also runs Niners Nation, uh, David Ficillo, to help us break everything down, to help us break Jimmy Garoppolo's perfect smile down, all that kind of fun stuff. David, what's up?
1: Hey, what's happening? Always here to talk about the, uh, the ever-handsome Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Incredibly handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, that's probably the most notable part. That's the, we, we, we won't even really talk about football, right? Well, or, I would actually say
1: the most notable part is that he's from uh, Illinois. He's, uh, he's a Chicago area. Oh, yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Northern Illinois. He went to NIU and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, forget, I forget that. I forget that sometimes. He went, I
1: could... to he went to Eastern Illinois. Oh, Eastern Illinois. Okay, yeah. yeah. Actually, 49ers cornerback uh, Jimmy Ward went to Northern Illinois.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, I forget that. I, I, sometimes I get lost in his eyes and it happens, you know?
1: I mean, it it happens. I will say, that, uh, really, it's the jaw is what really gives away to Chicago. And he, he and his entire family have these rock-solid jaws that just look like, you know, they are just straight out of Chicago.
0: <laughs> Let's, we're going to talk more, Jimmy, in a little bit. Um, the first part I wanted to discuss, David, What we're entering the second year of that Garoppolo era, that John Lynch era, the first, second, full year. Um, in your mind... How have expectations
1: changed? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I know we're getting into Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but obviously, expectations certainly uh, relate to relate to the addition of Garoppolo. Um, you know, it's been a year and a half now. Uh, they they when Lynch and Shanahan first took over, I think people were cautiously optimistic. They figured, okay, Shanahan's the up and coming coach. Uh, Lynch. Had no experience, but he, he was very good with the media. He talked a good game, and so you know people felt pretty good. Uh, you get through the first draft, things are feeling pretty good. Then the team starts zero nine. Everybody doesn't know what you know. It's you're still trying to say, okay, everything's gonna be fine. It's you yeah. know knew this was gonna be bad, uh, and then everything really changed uh, on October 30th. I think it was the 30th uh, when they when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo just because. You know, he was, he was one of the big name options. It was going to be, you know, there was a lot of talk that the 49ers would make a run at Kirk Cousins because he's a Kyle Shanahan guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they added Garoppolo and suddenly it's like, well, wait a second. Uh, you know, he only, he had two starts to his name. He played pretty well, but he's a Tom Brady guy. He's a, you know, he's worked with Tom Brady. He's worked, worked with Bill Belichick. Everybody, that changed everything. That changed how everybody felt. Um, I, you know, nobody was ready to anoint him quite then, but suddenly it's like, oh, wait a second. Suddenly this team is a little more interesting. Hmm. I'm going
0: so would you say would you say Super Bowl hype is warranted? Because I've seen that, and, and and just I have to say from an objective perspective, like I'm not totally bought in going into the second year, despite the sample size. I mean, I, I can see the pieces. I can see how everything's pieced together. How, how are you gauging that?
1: Well, I mean, he's never lost a start, so I mean... I okay,
0: would, so he's going go to go into... He's actually going to go... They're going to go 19-0. and 0.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. Not, not just that. He's never going to lose a game in his career. That's what the projections say. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Um. no. Honestly, I agree. Super Bowl project... You know, Super Bowl... Suggesting that they're going to go to the Super Bowl is, is way out of line at this point. Um, yes, you know, if you get to the playoffs, anything can happen, but I think they're, they're kind of in that middle gray area where they will be competitive every week, but saying the Super Bowl is a little tough... Uh, You're looking at a team, the over-under is set at eight and a half. And that's about a perfect number because I can't really tell you one way or the other whether it's going to go over or under. I see kind of a seven to ten win range. Um, If everything goes great, ten wins make sense. If things go poorly, seven wins make sense. I mean, obviously, they could technically do worse than that or technically do better than that. But Mm -hmm. I see sort of seven to ten wins, which makes them competitive, makes them a playoff contender, but not a Super Bowl contender.
0: With Lynch, aside from the Garoppolo trade, what have you appreciated about it so far? It's still so early, right? But what have you liked so far about his approach as GM and, and the things he's has been able to accomplish, aside from the trade?
1: Well, I mean, you could talk. You know, you could point to successful drafts, some interesting uh, free agent addition stuff like that. But you know, every GM is going to have their their misses to go with their hits. So I think beyond just hey, he's hitting on this guy or that guy, is is changing the culture. And really, this is kind of a combination of him and Shanahan because. Lynch is technically the GM, but it really is a partnership, and that's kind of a cliche. But I think Shanahan is is a guy who has a lot of say in this, and in terms of of the roster. And we've seen this—you know—we've seen a lot of turnover. There's only, I think, twelve players left from before the team hired Lynch and Shanahan. So Mm -hmm. clearly, there's a a big roster turnover. But really, it's been a change in culture. Um, You know, you had a team that, after Harbaugh left, they were just kind of wandering in the desert for a couple years there. Uh, with Jim Tom with Chip Kelly, uh, Trent Baalke was just not working out at GM and there were just you know, there didn't seem to be a focus or a mission or anything like that. You suddenly add, you know, Lynch and Shanahan have brought some kind of focus. I you know it's it's hard to put into words exactly, but it feels it feels different. I have to ask because obviously
0: a lot of a lot of people in Chicago will be bothered by it, but I have to ask just a, from an objective perspective, what was the San Francisco viewpoint on the whole little, I don't know. I, I don't know how to word this perfectly. Like the Ryan Pace, John, like, like John Lynch getting one over on Ryan Pace on in the 2017 draft. What was, what's, what was that whole viewpoint? Like,
1: uh, you mean like the uh, moving the- up to the top, you guys get Trubisky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I, I think, uh, knowing that the 49ers had no interest in Trubisky, it's, it's a great deal. Um, since then, and you know you can make of it what you want. Uh, Shanahan has said basically their two quarterbacks, the two quarterbacks they were lo- that they were targeting after uh, after Shanahan and Lynch came on board was, were Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they asked about, they asked uh, Belichick about Garoppolo at the combine, were shut down. So really the plan was to go for you know to go heavy for Kirk Cousins this past offseason. Um, so in that context, no they, them knowing that they were not going to draft one of those top quarterbacks. You have to love the trade. Um, Solomon Thomas had his ups and downs last year. Uh, he, I think he's going to take a step forward this year. How much remains to be seen. You know, personally, I think, you know, the Bears wanted Trubisky. Clearly that was their guy. And Well, who was number one that year?
0: Miles Garrett. My, okay. Miles Garrett of the Browns, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah,
1: so, I mean, they wanted Trubisky. They needed a quarterback. Personally, I think that it's it, it was a perfectly fine trade um if you think that you can get a quarterback if you think you can you, there's a quarterback there that's going to be your guy for the future you you do almost anything for it and so i don't i don't begrudge the bears that decision because i mean you know hey it may not work out but in terms of process i i think it's fine
0: yeah and for the 49ers i mean they got they got their draft picks anyway so i both teams got what they wanted i, I was just it, it, it was always it was always interesting how that was like how the public perception of was that, but it's like you said like if you go and get your quarterback like it, it, it doesn't matter if it works out it doesn't matter no one's gonna re- people are gonna remember it anyway, but no one's gonna look back on it in the sim- in, in 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 that negative fashion if it works out. So I mean you're but you're taking that risk either way. Um, to Jimmy Garoppolo's handsome smile and and just getting lost in his eyes as we were saying earlier, David. Um, I know he's never lost a start. I, I, I know he's, he's being anointed as a top five, top ten quarterback, which I actually quite frankly see um, down the line. But do you think it's a little early for him to be fully anointed without you know fully getting ingratiated in the offense and with the weapons still coming around?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, he's, I, I, you know, saying he's a top five quarterback now is is kind of going out on a limb at this point. Um, Unless you, you know, you want to get your hot take in early so you can say, Oh, I said it you know way back when
0: I said it when they traded for him. I said it when they traded for him. It was over there. I said it
1: two years before they traded for him. So there, (laughs) no, uh, I, you know, I, I think that he could finish this year as a top 10 quarterback. I don't think that is a crazy suggestion. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's it, a lot of it comes down to the offensive line and the run game and, you know, kind of the support that he gets. Also, obviously, the defense needs to step up so that he's put in positions to succeed. Um, but I, you know, if at the end of the year we're talking about him as one of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, I think that's reasonable. I, I think, and, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's I hard. It. I could see it, but I could see it. It's hard to say. Like you said, there's just, there's not a lot there. You know, yes, he looked great in five games. You know, there, there are plenty of people, there are sticklers, they'll be like, well, hey, you know, the, the Rams weren't playing, their starters, uh, you know, the Jaguars technically didn't really have a whole lot to play for in that game, this, that, you know, the, the Texans didn't have J.J. Watt, so on and so forth. Um, so I, I'm fine with that, and I think those are reasonable points to make. Um, but, you know, I think this is a team that if you look, just overall, if you look at the 49ers as a whole, last year I think they lost five games by a field goal or less. Um, they had a stretch with, during their. They had a stretch uh, during that 0-9 period where they lost five straight games by less than a touch, or by, by a field goal or less, I think it was. And that's the kind of thing where luck is, you know, could sh- you know could turn that around a little bit. Um, if they improve in the red zone, that'll help. So, you know, I'm not here to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you know, hey, it could happen sooner rather than later. So you're basically saying he's the ne- he's
0: the next Joe Montana and Steve Young, essentially. He's Joe Montana
1: plus Steve Young combined.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow we <laughs> we don't we don't shy away from hyperbole here. No, um, <laughs> no, sir. Uh, what? So, where, to to become that elite quarterback, to become that star quarterback. Again, you don't have much to work off of, David. But what? Where does he have to improve? What's the next step in his progression? Um you know i think he if you can answer that that i know it's a difficult question just you know I think
1: his decision making is still something that needs work uh you know he his technically if you look at his interception rate plus like there were there was at least one or two dropped interceptions it was among the worst in the nfl given his five game stretch i think it was something like Trevor. it was like down there with trevor simeon so it wasn't good but um and then if um another I, illinois product trevor it, simeon yeah they're they're, they're everywhere illinois yeah. is it dominates the NFL. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think uh, if, uh, for those that, that missed his the, the 49ers Colts game this weekend, uh, in the second in the second quarter, in his last drive of the second quarter, um, the 49ers had, like, first and goal, goal or, or second and goal, and he threw two passes, one which um, wasn't going to be an easy interception, but, when, you know, the defender got his hands on it, and the other one just bounced off the defender's chest, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. – that, I think decision making I think he he does a lot of things really well at this point um, there's things you know he can improve in plenty of areas a little bit here and there, but decision making is going to be something where the mo- and I, this comes with more time you know the more you play, the more experience you get the more situations it's like okay, now I know you know I can't do this in this situation I can't force this in that situation so I think decision making is going to be an area he's improved.
0: He can't get any better looking, though. I mean, at that, at that point, he's plateaued. That's that's what that's what, that's what we can agree upon.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, get, I mean, I you know that's that's what you get when you work with top Brady, I guess.
0: <laughs> this is Windy City Gridiron Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Uh, talking with SB Nations and, and Niners Nations. David Ficillo. You can follow David on Twitter at David Ficillo F U C I L L O, and follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. David, what is one underrated area that people don't talk enough about the 49ers roster in your mind?
1: Honestly, I think the wide receivers. Uh, it's a position where right now your top, you know, the, the, the 53 man roster will probably include Pierre Garcon. Um, marquise goodwin
0: i'm always uh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt i'm always amazed that pierre garceau is still in the league when i hear his name like I, I feel like he's he's been around forever that's one of those players like oh he's still playing oh he's still productive he's
1: like, I, I see him like an anquan bolded type
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah.
1: but um uh, pierre so marquise goodwin uh trent taylor uh you've got dante pettis their second round pick this year kendrick Bourne was an undrafted free agent who looked pretty good stuff like that you've got some of these guys um no, you, you know, Pierre Garcon, like you said, is a guy. He, he's a guy that's managed to hang around, continue to be productive, but he's not that guy. that's like, oh man, that's that clear number one. Uh, Marquise Goodwin last year had a breakout season after four years in Buffalo, where he, you know people thought he was just a go route guy. Uh, but I think that's a position group that actually is going to be a lot better than people expect. Uh, I don't know that you're going to find. Goodwin is, I think, is the guy that will end up as the best of that group this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of those guys are people that are jumping out at you and like, oh man, I really need to draft that guy uh, in my fantasy draft. They're, they're the proverbial better football player than fantasy player. Um, Trent Taylor's entering his second year as a rookie. He was a dynamic presence and on third down, he was a guy that Jimmy Garoppolo looked to on third down. So you know, I it. They're not big names. I mean, Pierre Garçon technically is still sort of a big name, but you know, they're not really big names. But I think you're looking at a group that is going to be a lot more productive than people expect. And if Jimmy Garoppolo takes a step forward, part of it will be having a solid group of receivers.
0: What is one area that concerns you, like an Achilles heel of sorts?
1: The pass rush is a big question mark. Um the Fortnite ers have invested heavily on the defensive line. Uh, in 2015, 16, and seventeen, each year they invested a first round pick on the line. They uh, they drafted Eric Armstead out of Oregon in two thousand fifteen, then DeForest Buckner out of Oregon, and then uh, Solomon Thomas out of Stanford, going for those Pac twelve guys. Going for
0: that that Northern California and Pacific yeah Pacific, yeah, Pacific Northwest yeah, exactly there. you
1: know exactly stay on stay on the coast and uh, you know they. They have had plenty of question marks about them, but they they have not invested heavily in their edge rushers. Um, They play a 4 3 but obviously they spend more time in their nickel. Um, They got Cassius Marsh off of uh, waivers from the Patriots. They signed Jeremiah Adachu this year from the Chargers as a free agent. But they really just haven't done a whole lot with that group. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of potential on that line, but I don't really know if they've done enough to improve the pass rush this year, which... With with a secondary that's relatively young, plus Richard Sherman, it's it's hard to tell what what's going to come of that group.
0: Is the thought process that where they're just so strong at like the wait, does the 49ers run a three four?
1: No, they run a four three.
0: So is the thought process where just like that Buckner and and Thomas are just so good and get so much pressure up the middle, where everything else is mitigated, or is the the roster just in that early stages where you know you're gonna you can wait another year or two to to mitigate this essentially that where it's. We're probably not. Where probably wasn't going to be fixed this year. What's the what? What was that thought process?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think they want to see what that line can do, independent of a of, you know a big name pass rusher. Um, they're Cleo Mack, right? Trading Cleo. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I, they're they're going to trade all their first round picks for Cleo Mack. Uh, you know, clearly. Uh, but you know, I I think you know they. I think the idea is that the defensive line will open things up and make it easier for the edge rushers, so they don't need to necessarily invest big names in it and. It looks like, you know, if you look at Robert Sala, their defensive coordinator who comes out of the Seahawks system, that's not a group that's really had a lot of big-name edge rushers. It's always been, you know, it's been a little bit more about the about the uh, the defensive linemen opening things up. So that's my guess at what they're hoping for. Whether that actually works remains to be seen, but that's kind of where I see them looking for this to develop.
0: Obviously the Rams had a big offseason. Um just going all out, getting a bunch of defensive superstars after their breakout last year. Um, The Cardinals have a young quarterback now. They can build around still some good defensive pieces. Uh, Seahawks, I mean, it's Russell Wilson running for his life, but he's he's very good. Um, So in your mind, what is it like for the 49ers now? What are they going to have to do to stay competitive in, in, in what looks like a gauntlet of a division
1: Oh, I mean, I, you know, I, I think the Rams are the team to beat by a long shot. I mean, they, you know, adding Namik and Sue and the rest of those defensive players is, is going to be huge for them. I, I think if they don't win the division, it will be an upset. And so I can, you know, I can live with that. Uh, the Seahawks, <laughs> I think Russell Wilson always gives them a puncher's chance. Uh, but they've got, I, they, you know, they're not... Technically, in a rebuilding process, but they're kind of moving into a rebuilding process. Which they
0: should be, but they're not yet, essentially. Yeah,
1: because they've got Russell Wilson, and you can't yeah. you can't give up seasons as long as you've got him. And yeah, I think, uh, like I said, as long as they got him, they can technically. They, I mean, they're they're competitive and can win any game that he starts, uh, assuming he doesn't get hurt. And with that offensive line, it's always a question mark. Uh, that's that's up in the air. But then also just that defense. It's, you know, there's a lot of turnover there. They're changing their approach, you know, less legion of boom, more up front. Uh, so, you know, I think for the 49ers, just uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, really that, I think it's going to come down to the offensive line and the defensive line. The offensive line can can keep Jimmy Garoppolo protected. And if the defensive line can get some pressure, uh, sec, you know, second in the division is is entirely reasonable. And, and you know, again, if they don't finish second, that I think that, if they don't finish second or first, that would be a disappointment.
0: So, would you consider the Seahawks to still be like the four? Like, because I know there was that big rivalry, like in the early, the earlier this decade. Like, is that still the Forty Nineers' main rival in the division, or has it just shifted to the Rams because of the Rams are are the top dog now, or is I it even think, the Cardinals?
1: I think it's switching to the Rams. I think the Cardinals are just sort of the Cardinals. They, <laughs>
0: they're just there. That's that's so okay. Yeah, they're just there.
1: I mean, they've just never really been like that dynamic. I mean, yes, they, you know, they went to the Super Bowl, this and that, but it's not like they've ever really been like that big high-profile team. Um, you know, I mean, the 49ers, 49ers fans and Seahawks fans still have a rivalry, for sure. But I think in terms of the players and the games, the 49ers and the Rams is going to develop back into the rivalry it was back in like the 70s and 80s. And part, I mean, part of that is the Rams are the top dog, but also you've got that relationship between uh, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay um they work together in Washington so you've got a lot there and so i think that's that's going to be a fun rivalry uh, these next few years
0: to a guy that was a part of an over when when the seahawks and 49ers rivalry was at its peak david let's talk the uh, 49ers free agency the biggest name was richard sherman uh, how has he looked so far? I mean, he's coming off an Achilles. He's making that, sw- or an Achilles injury. He's making that switch. How has he looked in camp? How has he looked in the preseason? Um, what are your expectations?
1: Um, expectations are, are hard to really gather right now. I think, uh, you know, same as I said before about others, it's like kind of cautiously optimistic. Um, he's back for the start of training camp from the Achilles, and then he pulled his hamstring, and he missed the first two preseason games. So, Saturday against the Colts was his first preseason game of the year, and I'm guessing he's the only one. I don't expect him to play this Thursday against the Chargers, but mm-hmm. uh, he played the first half. He looked fine. Uh, he was targeted once and uh, had a pass breakup against uh, Justin Rogers or whoever one wanted one of some some random wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but he looked fine. Um, he you know they're, like, there was a play in, in training camp where he got burned by Marquise Goodwin, but he talked about, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of different things. They're trying out some things. Uh, so, you know, I think until we see him out there in the regular season, week one is when we'll really start to get an idea of, okay, this is what Richard Sherman is right now. He, either he's a guy who's lost a step or he's a guy that, you know, can bounce back from that Achilles injury. I think once, once we see what happens in the Vikings game, we'll have a better idea. I think, you know, there's a chance he'll be a little rusty, but, you know, he's been practicing – He's been back on the practice field for most of the past week and a half or so. So I think that's the game when we'll really be able to tell what this year might mean for Richard Sherman.
0: This this might be a little bit of an arbitrary question, but how do you think his um, – I guess, how do you think his, like, mentality has shifted, like, in this kind of, like, second phase of his career and trying to, like, revitalize himself? How, how, has he given any inkling to that? Um, like I said, this might, that might be a little arbitrary, but um, – Obviously, this was a guy that used to be one of the league's, but, like, star corners and stuff, and he's trying to get back to there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one thing that's, that's been interesting is he's come in he, is the leadership role he served. I mean, he was outspoken with the Seahawks, but I don't know enough to say that he was, you know, clear. Like, he was the vocal leader of, the, of that secondary, but I, I kind of feel like Earl Thomas was probably more the— The
0: better player, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, but, like, the quiet leader. You know the guy mm-hmm. that so he didn't say as much but was more viewed as as the, the quote unquote leader of the of the secondary. Whereas with the 49ers, um, obviously you know he couldn't really do a lot of a lot of practice in the offseason workout program. He didn't even get on the practice field until the very end of uh, mini camp. And so it was interesting as soon as he came in, he started to work with the, the young because the forty nine have a lot of young players on their secondary. They've got a mm-hmm. second cornerback, they've got a second year free safety, a fourth year strong safety who's in his first you know, full, who hopefully will get a full season the a starter this year. But he's worked, you know, he's kind of been playing, you know, he's been sort of that coach on, you know, that that player coach on the field and then that leader off the field and the mentor that I don't know if he necessarily, and again, I can't say for certain, you know, we'd have to ask Seahawks fans about this, but it feels like he's kind of taking on more of a role in that regard and, and viewing this as sort of his chance to, to really make his imprint um, from a different role. You know, he still, he still thinks he can play. He still thinks he can do all that, and, and that's fine. But, like, I think more than anything, his leadership is going to be as important as anything uh, with the 49ers.
0: He's probably going to want revenge on the Seahawks, too, or, like, self-motivated or revenge of some kind, which will actually be really fun to see. Um, the other big free agent signing, David, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, expectations for him, how has he looked so far?
1: Uh Well, so he uh, he played in the first preseason game, and uh, then after that, he had a calf strain, and so he hasn't played in the preseason since. He's been getting, you know, pregame workouts and stuff like that. He's expected to be fine for week one. I think once he strained his calf, they just were, you know, they basically were like, we're going to shut him down. Yeah, that yeah. No point. And so uh I think he's a guy that... He's going to be the lead back, but I think Matt Breda, their their other running back, their number two, is I think going to end up being a, a pretty big part of that rotation. McKinnon is a guy that I could see him rushing for eight or nine hundred yards, but then hauling in seven or eight hundred receiving yards uh, potentially. I think he's a guy that you're going to see a lot of him in the passing game. He's he, I don't know if he'll necessarily be the team's pass you know receptions leader, but he's going to be. No worse than second or third in receptions on this team. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of those, you know, a lot of that shorter work. And so, you know, he's not. They're not. You know, people were talking about, well, oh, they paid him all this money and this and that. But I think for a lot of systems, that was a lot of money. But for Shanahan's system, I think it makes sense. He's a guy that can that can get in there and do a lot of that that short, you know, a lot of work in that short passing game.
0: So what you're saying is, in
1: Shanahan's system, he's going to be Roger Craig essentially. Which yeah pretty much i mean that you know we've already got we're already beginning the proclamations for the hall of fame <laughs>
0: uh dr- let's let's jump over to the draft david is doing all this offseason fun stuff so uh first round pick mike McGlinchey. you already mentioned dante pettis uh fred warner in the third round Tartavi tartavia oh excuse me tar various more contavious street in the third and fourth rounds dj reed um how has the draft looked so far? How pleased were you with it? Um, all that good stuff.
1: Well, to throw you off even more, they they drafted Tarverius more in the third round, and then they signed Tarverius McFadden as an undrafted.
0: Three. Oh, that's too much. That's too much
1: name jumbling for me. Yeah, the the, 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 the eye is the key there. But uh, no, you know, so far it's it's it, it's been it's it's looking good. Uh, there's you know there's it there hasn't I haven't been real games, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's
0: that. that yeah, yeah.
1: I think you know with McGlinchy, I mean, he's their right tackle. He's the guy they, they, they drafted him and then they traded Trent Brown who had been their right tackle. So they're going to, you know, they're going to go through some ups and downs with him just as you do with any rookie offensive lineman. But I think uh, for him, the floor is pretty high. So, you know, he'll have some bad games, but I don't think it'll be too bad. Um, Dante Pettis is one of the best punt returners in college football history. He actually, he set the record for most uh, punt return touchdowns. I think he averaged 20 yards of punt return last year or some ridiculous number. So you're going to get that from him, and then he's going to be working. They're going to kind of work him around as a wide receiver, but he's looked really good uh, with his route running. Um, Fred Warner is interesting because Reuben, Reuben Foster is going to be suspended the first two games. And so, more than likely, the 49ers are going to start Malcolm Smith and Fred Warner at their two, at the mic and the Will position. Uh, and so, and then once Foster comes back, I think Warner's going to we'll see a lot of work in the in sort of a coverage guy. A guy that they can, you know, they don't necessarily have to have a third cornerback. They can potentially rotate him in as well to kind of mix up their packages. Yeah. Um, Tarvarius Moore played safety in college. He's moving over to a uh, cornerback. He's looked good. Um, he's not going to be in the starting lineup. That's going to be Richard Sherman and Keller Witherstone. Uh, Jimmy Ward is probably first off the bench, but I think Tarvarius Moore is a guy who will eventually replace him. Uh, DJ Reed, their fifth round pick. Is a nickelback, but he also plays free safety, and he's a guy that can you know that can handle kick returns and punt returns as well. So you're gonna, see, I think he's a guy you're gonna see a lot of rotation on. He's he looked pretty solid as a as a nickelback in the preseason. Um, the, what's really been interesting is their seventh round picks: Julian Taylor, a defensive tackle out of Temple, and Richie James, a wide receiver out of Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Taylor has been playing the strong end position uh, in their fourth in their base four three. Um, Eric Armstead. Their 2015 first-round pick is the guy that's going to start there, but he missed the first two preseason, first two preseason games uh, with a hamstring injury, and so uh, Taylor had done enough that he started getting the first-team reps there, and so
0: Ooh. you know, so he's more than a day three pick, you think, or like than a, than a typical day three pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's showing out really well. I think the big thing with him, one reason he slips so far is he, over the course of his three plus years in college, he played like a cumulative one season of football just because of injuries and, and other things that just cost him so much time. And so there just wasn't a lot of tape on him. But uh, he's not going to be the starter this year, at least, you know, out of the eighth, because Eric Armstead is healthy again and he's the guy they're going to start there. But I think at the very least, I mean, he'll probably be inactive a decent amount, but he's a guy that they can slot in uh, if there's any injuries. Um, and then Richie James is a, is a little guy. Uh, he's like five eleven, I think. Generously, um, he's five nine, so he's a really little guy. Yeah. But um, he's a guy that you get him the ball in space, and he can make things happen. Uh, he, you know, they're going to get him some time as a as a as a return man. But I think you'll see him in a gadget role. Um, when when Kyle Shanahan was was in Atlanta, Taylor Gabriel was kind of a guy that could move around in some different spots and get and, You know, the goal was to get him the ball in space so he can make things happen after the catch. And I think that's what Richie James potentially could do. I mean, you know, I don't think he's a lock for the 53-man roster, but I think he's done enough to, to get a spot. And, and again, you're going to see him utilized in a lot of creative ways.
0: Just to circle back to McGlinchey for a minute, uh, with Joe Staley being 33, do you think there's a plan to eventually shift McGlinchey over to left tackle after, after a few seasons or so, or so as a long-term plan?
1: I think so. I'm not sure. Um, I know there are questions about how well he would do on the left side. They were, they were coming out of college, so I don't know yeah. what the what will happen with that. But I think I they I would imagine ideally they would want to move him to the left side at some point. Uh, Staley is signed for for two more years. Um, his status, you know, is, is obviously up in the air. Once you get past, you know, once you get to that age, it's kind of like you know how much longer is, is he going to be around. But yeah, I think eventually they probably would like to do that.
0: Okay. Now David, let's get to last time the Bears and 49ers met, it was Robbie Gold's revenge game. I'll score all the
1: 49ers points
0: and the team that cut him in 2016, Bears and 49ers going to meet again in this time I think mid-December instead of early December. What is one area that if you're the Bears that you'd be worried that, that you'd be worried about that you'd be worried about to like mitigate or to stop to, to this time win? Well, or it's kind of... Come on, to come it, on top, yeah.
1: It's crazy. I was looking... It, this is, I think, the fifth or sixth... This is like the fifth straight year that the 49ers and Bears will have met. Yeah. And I think the previous four years, it was always in week 13. Mm-hmm. It was... I, which I've still... That baffles me. But yeah, no, this year what they're meeting in week sixteen. Week
0: fifteen or week week sixteen, I think it's like the 49ers like final home game or something. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's
1: week week sixteen, December twenty-third, uh Forty final home game. It's the final they will play that'll be the third of three straight home games to uh, close out the uh, home schedule. But uh you know, I, I mean <clears throat> the Bears I like the addition of Alan Robinson. I think they finally you know, it's good that they've got Mitchell Trubisky, some uh, some weapons finally. Uh, last year, it was just kind of like, here you go, let's see what you can do. But uh, there, are t- I, you know, I don't, I mean, Nagy obviously gets a lot of praise, and I think people like that. I, it's going to be interesting to see with Cohen and uh, Jordan Howard. I, You know, I, I, I don't know enough about the Bears' defense to say what, you know, what's right, right. I think that for me, it's more about. Uh, Howard, or yeah, Jordan Howard and Terry Cohen are both are you know that's going to be an interesting duo in terms of uh, that run game, but also you know Cohen seems to be a guy that can do a lot out of the backfield um, as a pass catcher, and you know the 49ers are turning over their front seven a lot. Uh, yeah, I guess but- I should
0: ask that is is the run defense something that you're worried about with the 49ers against the Bears? I guess
1: is that something that. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm worried about it necessarily just because I think the run defense is in position to be pretty strong, especially if Reuben Foster is healthy and on the field. Um, I think more i'm a little worried about like a guy like Cohen who you know again it, it, you know can, can hurt you as a pass catcher I, I'm curious how the, the defense will handle pass catchers out of the backfield
0: right yeah, and an the actual offensive coordinator that knows how to use them as opposed to whatever it was in that game last year. Uh, away from the actual tradition um david what i hate to make a do i don't don't necessarily make a pick in august but what would your expectations be out from I mean, this the 49ers are 49ers well, they, they're, they're they're gonna they're gonna run rough shot
1: on they're, the bears we're gonna win 50 to the, no um you know i as a home you know it, Honestly, I don't know. I, th- I think, I mean, this is a, Fortnite should win this game. I think that. They, I would agree with that, actually. Uh, I, mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's going out on a limb to say that at this point they should be favored and they should win the game. But, as you know, as well as I do that every, you know, the, like we I haven't
0: seen enough from the new iteration of this coaching staff with these bears. So we don't, exactly. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, it's tough to say like, I, I think uh, there's a, there's a group called CG technology that releases uh gambling lines, um, mm-hmm. Know, for all the you know for all for the first sixteen weeks, uh, which I always find funny. They don't release the week seventeen lines because they know that teams are going to be benching players. But it's like, well, we'll release week sixteen. But we have our, you know, we have our standards. <laughs> but uh, like right now, they have they project the forty ers as a six point favorite in that game, um, which is is you know basically anything over you know when, once you start getting to six and above, it's like okay we we you know. The line itself, as I think many people were, is more about, you know, what we think people are going to bet. Because basically they want, you know, they want even money on both sides so that they win. But I think once you start getting into the six or seven point area. That's heavily favored, right? What's that? That's heavily favored. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get, once you get, like, I think four or five is like, we don't really know. We kind of, you know, we kind of think the 49ers are the better team, but we don't really know what's going to happen. A field goal or less is kind of just like, you know, your guess is as good as ours. Um, but once you get to six and above, but really, I mean, technically it's seven and above, but six is close enough that I think they're like, okay, we think the 49ers and the team beat They're playing at home. This is what's going to have, you know, this is what we think makes, makes the most sense. And for the 49ers, the only, you know, they're what they're, they're a touchdown favorite against Arizona. They're a six and a half point favorite against, against the Giants. And then the next line, the next biggest line is, is the bears. So I think, and I, I would think, you know, Bears fans, aside from the most homerest of homerists, would, would not be shocked by that line at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, looking at just by comparison, the 49ers in Minnesota are a five-and-a-half-point underdog to open the year. So that's kind of, you know, think. I mean, try and compare it that way, what the 49ers are to the Vikings in Minnesota compared to what the Bears are to the 49ers in San Francisco. You know, kind of take that, you know, and, and shuffle sort of <clears throat> it around.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a fair fair comparison. Um bears are winning fifty two to nothing though so let's just uh, yeah that. no i i i would have that sounds about right, <laughs> all right, David, just to wrap this up, um yeah, so we're wrapping up the preseason finally th- this week um I think roster cuts are Saturday, but after that we you know we'll have labor Day and we'll have everything else. How are you planning on spending your last uh free football days? I assume after roster cuts and everything's done that. You'll actually be able to take a breather for a couple of days. How are you spending that last football weekend, non-football weekend?
1: Yeah, I mean, you figure you got roster cut Saturday, you got practice quad signings on Sunday because everybody loves that.
0: Um, well, yeah whenever you can take a breather, you know. At some point, I imagine at some point you will. How are you spending that last, like, real,
1: real free time? It will at some point involve probably going to the movies. Uh, you know, because once the season starts, it's hard to get to the movies. And I just saw Mission Impossible this weekend. I enjoyed that. That was really good.
0: Which I enjoy. Tom Cruise just r- randomly sprinting three thousand yards somehow. I, on a, he he learned how to
1: fly a helicopter to do a stunt. Did he actually fly it? That wasn't that wasn't CG okay. or anything. I, that is what I'm reading. That he learned how to fly the helicopter. I don't know if every aspect of that was full, but like he learned how to fly the helicopter. I read on that sprint
0: that where he jumps out of the window that he broke his ankle on the jump they stopped it and he just taped it up and everything took like a crazy amount of like Oxycontin or something. And then did the sprint. Apparently that's uh, maybe that's just, they're just trying to add to his mythos or something, but um, that, that because that's the brand at this point, he does all his own stunts. He's going to do everything for the, for the, for the scene. But um, if he ran, however fast he was running while on a broken ankle, I, 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 I don't know That that that's, that's pretty crazy to me. That's pretty crazy to me. That's almost like an NFL player playing through some kind of injury.
1: Yeah, pretty much, or like you know, like hockey players playing through broken legs,
0: through broken legs, or losing teeth, or or what 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 have you. I mean, uh,
1: hockey, hockey players are tougher than everybody else. So, well,
0: of course they are. Of course they're. I, I I was just saying, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you wouldn't think of like an actor necessarily doing that. Like, yeah, that's true. Like through a stunt, yeah.
1: It's you know, it's
0: Scientology. <laughs> <clears throat> More than likely, that's what gives them the strength. Okay. Uh, David, I know we've been like going back and forth on this uh, for a while trying to get this up. I really appreciate you finally coming on taking the time. Uh, a lot of good insight, buddy. Really appreciate yeah, my pleasure. it. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> you can follow da- – excuse me, I'm losing my voice here at the end. <clears throat> you can follow David on Twitter, at uh, David Fucillo. Uh, that's F-U-C-I-L-L-O. You can follow uh, follow Niners Nation as well. Niners Nation. He runs that website. He's an NFL producer and editor for SB Nation proper. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Zeglinski. We're doing all this housekeeping. Housekeeping. And as always, keep it classy, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show. It seemed smart.